Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Everybody all right? Hasn't it been a bit of a strange morning this morning? If this is your first time, we should say that we are normally a lot more polished than this, and the band do know the words, and the screen does work, and bless the tech guys, they've worked so hard this morning. So yeah, let's give it up for the tech guys. But hey, if you things can't go wrong in church with church family, then when can they go wrong? You know, it doesn't detract from why we're here and how amazing to see these beautiful children dedicated this morning. I wonder, when you hear the letters D-I-Y, what that conjures up for you, D-I-Y. I'm sure that for some people in the room, there's a bubbling sense of excitement like, oh my goodness, get me my hands on some DIY. I want to do it myself. I want to put some shelves up. I want to create a new project. I want to build a bed or, I don't know, fix a cupboard or put the flooring in the new kitchen that's been in your house for nearly a year and it's still not quite done. I'm not looking at anybody in particular, but (laughs) kind of hoping if I take the stage and nag my husband that way, it might get done. DIY, some people get super excited, don't they? They just can't wait to get their hands on a project. For other people, probably a little bit like me, it just puts fear in me. And I would much rather ring my father-in-law and say, please, can you come and help us? We've got a job that needs doing or we've got a task that needs doing. And there, is, um, there was a program on, uh, I think it was started around 2004. You might remember it called 60 Minute Makeover. Does anybody remember watching 60 Minute Makeover, Fab? I was hoping to have some uh, video clips this morning to show you, but seeing as the tech has all gone wrong, it's probably, not, uh, it's probably a good idea I've not had that. But 60 Minute Makeover, the, the basic premise of the show was that a worthy family, so somebody who had maybe suffered um, some real hardship in life, would be nominated by a family member or a neighbour or a friend, and they'd been nominated to this TV show, 60 Minute Makeover. And they would be kind of sent out for the day and they wouldn't know anything that was going on. And as they'd gone out, into the house would come a designer and a whole heap of tradespeople. And they would get three or four rooms of their house totally made over. So, you know, family maybe have been struggling for a while. They've had to pay lots of medical bills and things like that. They haven't got much money. So the TV uh, crew and the workers would come in and would do over, make over three or four rooms in their house. But it had to be done in 60 minutes. And so the, the time that the stopwatch would go, and for the first half an hour, it's absolute bedlam. There are builders, painters, decorators, joiners, the designers there kind of going around checking. And they're all kind of working on top of each other to get these rooms totally transformed. And then at half time, the, like the, the um, alarm would go, and they'd all have a well-deserved uh, tea break. And at that point, the designer would come around and check on the progress. Is this going as I wanted it to? And then they start the um, stopwatch again, and they've got the final 30 minutes to finish these rooms being made over. And sure enough, they are always working madly. You've got people falling over each other. Um, You know, kind of everybody trying to hang the wallpaper, build the beds, upcycle this furniture, wallpaper the walls, whatever it might be. Everybody is working so incredibly hard. 
And unsurprisingly, they're always working right up until the kind of the whistle goes and everybody's told, stop, hands off. And then the family come in. It's like, oh, it's so amazing. And usually there are some disaster stories when people have come in and be like, "Mm -mm, I don't like it. But that 60-minute makeover, all of that work done in 60 minutes. Now, I know I mentioned my father-in-law and him and my brother-in-law are both very, very good, very practical. If you want something making or fixing, they are your go-to people. But I know they do not do it in 60 minutes. In fact, I more get frustrated because it takes so blinking long for them to do the job. But, you know, I know when they've done it that they do a good job because they're both perfectionists. And even though it drives me potty that it takes so long, I know when it's done that it's done well. And the thing with the 60-minute makeover show is that whenever I've watched it, I've always wondered how good a job they've actually done. Hopefully there's nobody sitting in the room today and you worked on them shows and I'm going to say, look, we did do a good job. But doing something well takes time. And if you've got walls have just been painted and then you're literally straight away putting shelves on them, I know those walls are not dry. So I always wonder when the TV crews have gone and when everything's settled down and the family kind of go and check out their you know, beautifully made rooms. I wonder how many corners were cut or how many bits were missed or where there's a bit of a a wet paint stuck on something that shouldn't be because it was done so quickly. And I often wonder how well was it actually done? There's an amazing verse in the Bible where the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church in Corinth and he's teaching them, listen, since you found Jesus... This is what your life should be like now. Since you've made that decision to say yes to following Jesus, to following his ways, to becoming a Christian, this is what your life should be like. And he says this, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has has begun. Let me read that again. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. You know, today we're celebrating Baptism Sunday, and what a great day as people come and and declare publicly, this means something to me. My faith means something to me. But you know, at that moment when we say yes to following Jesus, at that moment when we say, Jesus, I realize that what you did for me is is real, it's the truth. I realize that the only way to find true fulfillment in life, to find true purpose, to find true hope is in you. At that moment of saying, yes, I believe, something instant changes. Something on the inside. The Bible says the old life has gone. The new life has come. It's an instant change. You might not feel it. You might not look any different. You might not particularly talk or walk any different, but something. The Bible says we become new people on the inside, a fresh start, a clean slate at that moment of saying yes to Jesus. And unlike a potentially, potentially poor DIY job that's rushed and kind of put together within, within 60 minutes. This is something real. This is something that is, is not just a covering up of what was there before, but we become new people. We become, we get given a fresh start. All the stuff that we've, we've dealt with in our past, all that stuff that you think, I hope nobody ever finds out about that. All the things that we were ashamed of, all the things that are like baggage inside of us. At that moment of saying, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. Something, a divine change happens within us. 
And Jesus says, you've got a fresh start. You've got a clean slate. How amazing is that? And every single person, I don't know who's getting baptized, not all of them, but I know that part of their story will be, I know that when I said yes to following Jesus, something changed on the inside. It wasn't a do-over in the sense of a, a, just a covering up of what was there, but actually the Bible says I become a new person. At that moment when I know, Jesus, you did die for me. Jesus, you did take on my sin. You did stand in that gap so that I didn't have to be punished, but you took that for me. And Jesus, not only did you die, but you rose again so that you defeated sin, you defeated death, and ultimately now I can. And at that moment, a change happens within. You know, Paul says, the old life is gone and the new life has begun. And so if you are sat in this room this morning, and maybe this morning or maybe another time, if you get to that point of thinking, do you know what? I feel all this baggage I'm carrying. I feel all this stuff. And, you know, I've, I've done my best. I, I've tried to improve my life. I, I, I've, I've done everything I feel I can. But yet it's still here. I want to tell you this morning that if you get to that point of saying, Jesus, I want to give my life to you, I say yes to you, Jesus, that something will also instantly change in you in that moment. Because that's what the Bible says, the old life is gone, the new life has, become, has begun. That's a pretty amazing change, isn't it? But that's only half the story. Because wouldn't that be amazing if you could just say, yes, Jesus, I believe. And instantly... You are free from anything that's ever held you before. You've got no anxiety. You've got no fear. You don't sin anymore. Life is good from here on in. That, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I think so. I think that would make life a lot easier. But you see, there is an instant change. But that instant change also starts us off on a gradual process of growth. Let me give you an example. In 2003, which is 18... Yeah, 18 years ago. On the 30th of August, myself and my husband, well, it wasn't my husband then, Mark, we stood at the front of church, which I have to say, I discovered last week. So the church oh, that I was dedicated in, that my children were dedicated in, and that I got married in is now just a car park. Who does that? Who just knocks down a church and makes it into a car park? That was a painful moment. Anyhow, I digress. So on this day, the 30th of August, we stood at the front. I was in this beautiful white dress, and Mark was scrubbed up quite well in a suit. And we, we said our wedding vows to one another, you know, for rich or for poor, or sickness and health, and all that kind of stuff. And in front of our family and our friends and in front of God, before God, we made those vows to each other. And there was a moment in that service where the minister who was marrying us said to us, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And then you get to do all the kissing stuff. But at that moment, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Something for me instantly changed. Because you see, I'd entered that church as Miss Dina Clark. That was who I was. I was a single woman. But in that moment, everything changed. I wasn't a miss anymore. I became a missus. My name wasn't, my surname wasn't Clark anymore. I became Mrs. Dina Button. Woohoo! Or Bhutan, depends how posh you want to be. Button is, is good for me. Everything changed. My, my, my legal standard in that sense was different because I was now Mark Button's wife. I wasn't just this, this, this kind of the single entity now. We were two, we'd become one. An instant change. But let me tell you, that also started off 
a journey of me growing into what it means to be Mark Button's wife. You see, I didn't just in that moment have everything sorted. Oh, how Mark wishes that could be the case. I didn't just get everything right from that moment. But you see, that instant change was the catalyst then of a continued journey that for 18 years I've been walking on, hopefully doing it better now than I did all, all the way back then. But you know, it's the same with our faith, that there is that instant moment of we are known and loved by Jesus. We are his. That seals us as his. But that starts a journey of, sometimes we call it discipleship, which just means lifelong learner. That Jesus, I, I want to commit to following you. I found you. We talk in church about helping people to find and follow Jesus. It's not just about, well, here's Jesus, right, that's it now. But no, we want you to find Jesus and then we follow him all the days of our lives. And that's what baptism is about. People saying, I found Jesus and now I'm committing to follow, following him all the days of my life. You know, in another letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, he talks to them about continuing to work out their salvation. That doesn't mean kind of figure out what's gone on particularly. It means continue to walk in that. You've made that initial decision. You've had that instant change. But now you walk in that day by day, week by week. This is not 60-minute makeover stuff. This is not just a quick job done and there we are. This is a lifelong journey that we walk and commit to. You know, this is the process of salvation. Jesus remaking us into the people we were supposed to be all along. We hear a lot kind of in our society today about being the best version of you that you can be, the highest version of you. And I, I know there is a lot of good stuff out there, kind of books that help us and, and, you know, kind of podcasts we can listen to and teaching we can take in. But let me tell you this. If we believe what the Bible says and if we truly believe that Jesus is who he said he is, then the only way you can be the best version of you is in him. I passionately believe that. That the only way we can be the best version of ourselves, the most fulfilled version, the most at peace version, the most joy-filled version is when we live and follow Jesus, when we live in him and follow him. Sometimes, and this is quite understandable, sometimes we want that instant change. We want it to be that that affects everything. We don't have any more stuff that we have to deal with. We don't have any more issues. But you know, we sometimes want things done and dusted so we don't have to battle with them anymore. But you know, Jesus is not into rushing. I love Pastor Russ talked a couple of weeks back about the fact that we are about more about the compass than the clock. This is not about how quickly you change and are you there and are you done and are you fixed and are you perfect. But actually, are you headed in the right direction? Because how many know we make mistakes? We mess up. Even though we love Jesus passionately and we want to serve him, we mess up. We're human. But this is not just a quick 60-minute thing and we're done. This is a lifelong process. Psalm 23 is, is a, a psalm that's familiar to lots of people. It begins, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Or if you learnt it like me when you were in Sunday school, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And you know, the words that are used in that psalm to describe how God treats us are not words that are about driving and come on and quickly, why aren't you there yet? talks about refreshing and renewing. He makes me lie down. He makes me rest. 
He leads me. He guides me. Jesus is not in the process of beating us with a stick. We are heading in a direction and he is there every step of the way to walk with us. The best part, the best part about journeying with Jesus is that we move from a place of darkness to light. That where things didn't maybe make sense before, now they do. Where things felt dark, now we've got a hope. The Bible talks a lot about moving from darkness to light, from death to life. Actually, I now I've decided to follow Jesus. Things are different. Things are, are changed within me. And now I commit to walk in that journey. Do you know the best bit, guys, is that you're not left on your own. I don't know how many of you have ever, I don't know, maybe tried to lose weight. Anybody ever kind of gone on a diet and tried to lose weight? I could put like every hand and foot up in, in here. Been there, done that. If you're anything like me, you get to kind of Thursday and you're thinking, oh, yeah, I've really got to do something about my weight. You think, okay, well, it's, it's Friday tomorrow and then it's going to be the weekend. So I may as well start on Monday. Anybody Monday starters? I tell you, Monday must be the absolute healthiest day of the week ever. And so Monday comes and we start well and we have fruit for breakfast and we're feeling good. And then as we go through the week, we think, ah, oh, it's Wednesday. Wednesday's hump day, isn't it? It's like it's middle of the week. You're kind of nearly heading towards the weekend. I'll just treat myself. <laughs> if you're anything like me, once you've had one treat, you think, well, I've blown it now. I may as well have six <laughs> treats. You know, I've done it. And then, and then it's like, well, it's, fr it's Friday. You can't diet on a Friday, can you? You can't cook. It's, it's nearly the weekend, so another weekend comes. Monday, here we are. This is healthy day now. We're going for healthy. You know, it's so difficult to do it by yourself, isn't it? It's so difficult because you can, you can kid yourself. I used to have it that my way day would be on a Saturday. But if I'd had a bad Friday night, I'd push my way day to a Monday, and then I'd push it to a Tuesday. Because if you're just doing it on your own, it's a really difficult journey to walk. And it's exactly the same the journey of faith, if you are just trying to do it in and of yourself, that's tricky. But there's two amazing things. We haven't got time to go into them this morning, but Jesus didn't leave us by ourselves. He sent the Holy Spirit. And that is God, the Holy Spirit, who walks with us every day of our lives. But also church. Oh my goodness, church, with all our mess, all our technical issues, all that goes on, church is God's idea to help us walk together to help one another to follow Jesus. We're not supposed to do this by ourselves. We're supposed to need each other. That's the beauty of the church family, that I'm here to help you, to support you, to encourage you, but you are also here to help me, that when I'm struggling, you can encourage me. Together, this is not about a race in that we're trying to outrun each other. We all journey our faith together. That's a journey I want to be a part of that doesn't just have that instant change, that doesn't just journey by myself, but actually I have brothers and sisters around me, family and friends around me who say, Dean, I am committed to you just as much as you are to me. So I wonder this morning, do you want that to be true for you, that your old life has gone? Anyone who belongs to Christ, the old has gone, the new has begun. I'd love to pray for you this morning because I'm conscious there'll be people in the room that for you, this is all new. This is all a little bit, this is church. But maybe there's something within you that is searching, that is seeking, and you, and you are sitting there this morning thinking, I want to find Jesus, and then I want to follow him. Or maybe you already have found Jesus, but you know your journey is kind of veering, not quite in the direction you want it to be. I'd love to pray for you this morning. So would you close your eyes with me and maybe bow your heads if that's what you're comfortable with? 
process of salvation is Jesus remaking us into the people we were supposed to be all along, the best version of ourselves. And you don't have to do it alone. So while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, if you're saying this morning for the first time, Dina, I, I don't understand it all, but I know there's something in this. I want to accept Jesus. Would you just put your hand in the air so I can see it? I'm not going to name you or point you out. I just want to be able to include you in my prayers at the end. you're saying I am a Christian I've made that decision but I know I've not been following Jesus I found him but that's where it ended if you today want to say I want to follow Jesus I want to commit to walk in his ways would you raise your hand Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.